Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. member of the current Broncos Broncos practice squad has the best chance of contributing on the football field. We'll bounce that question off uh, Mike Kliss here in just a couple minutes um, as we are efforting to connect with our nine news Broncos insider. I mean, I can answer it for you. Yeah, go ahead. I think week one, it's the guy we were just talking about, little Jordan Humphrey. Um Especially with the Judy situation, so early in the season, I think it, it projects to be him. Now, after that, you know, uh, I, I, who knows? Who knows what it uh, what it looks like? Some of these guys, you know, I'm not expecting a lot from, you know, Michael Pandy, Ben DiNucci, Philip Dorsett, uh, you know, those guys. So, and then another big key here that dictates this is injuries. Yeah, sure. Right? You know, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, I haven't heard of half these guys. Uh, so. Like, if you have a couple injuries at the running back position now, Tyler Batty might make a big impact for you. So it's, I think a lot of this is dictated by injury. Uh, Mike Kliss, we have on uh, the line on the Johnson. Dolphin, Auto- Mike? Mike, what are you doing here? I'm ready to roll. Let's go. What do we got? Oh, okay. All right. right. Uh, Stokely already answered the first question for you, so I'm going to move on. But, but, But let me ask you this, Mike. Who do you think will have the best season in 2023. Brett Maher for the Rams, Brandon McManus for the Jags, or Will Lutz for the Broncos? Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to go with uh, Lutz because he kicks at altitude. And so he'll have have more 60. uh, He should have a 60-yarder, right? A bunch of 50s anyway. And, you know, McManus at Jacksonville, a ball won't carry as much. He might he might not have that, that big leg for them. And Maher um, with the Rams, you know, I don't know how good the Rams are. I'm not sure how much they're going to score. They struggled to score last year. Now, they got Stafford back, and they, and they look a lot better. But still, I'm not uh, – I'm I'm not sure what kind of offense they're going to have. I'm not sure about the Broncos' offense either, but um, I think um, you know with the altitude being the tiebreaker, I'll take lots. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be very interesting um, uh, uh, to follow, Mike. What what's the latest on Jerry Judy and that hamstring injury? What do you, what are you hearing about him? Well, he's on the side uh, doing a little light jogging, so that's encouraging. And it because it really only happened what uh, uh, when has it been a week? Was a week it a week ago half? today? It was a week ago today yeah. that he did it, and so I think that's encouraging. Uh, the game is next week. I'm not expecting him. Uh, I'm not expecting him to play in the opener. Um, I really am not expecting him to play in week two either. But he but he might. You know, four weeks is going to put him to the Miami game. It looked like the best case scenario when he got carted off the field was four weeks, and uh, that that would put him, you know, practice in the week of the Miami 
game, and that's what I think the over and under is anyway. But he's at least on the side, running, walking well, so that's encouraging. All right. Yeah, it scares the heck out of me that that guy could have that hamstring injury, then his first game back could be in 100-degree weather in South Beach in, in the month of September uh, against the Dolphins. But, you know, you can't, can't you know, check every box every step of the way. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Judy there. I'm, I'm, You're I'm, always nervous about every injury uh, for every player. Oh, nope, not every player, only the most important ones. Okay. And Judy represents maybe the most important offensive player, not named Russell Wilson. But speaking of Russ, Cliss, when you, <laughs> when you look at the Broncos offense and the expectations that Russ has on him, Russ has got to play well or the Broncos will move on, and the NFL might move on. But I was talking with Stoke a little bit ago. Like, we're not thrilled with the offensive line. The Broncos don't have a bona fide slot receiver, uh, don't have a bona fide tight end. Uh, the 1A running back may not be ready to take the lion's share of the carries to start the season. Judy might not be back till week, week three or four. Is the expectations uh, a little bit too lofty for Russ, considering the scenario that is surrounding him? You know, last year I think the expectations were, what, that this team would score 27 points a game, somewhere between 24 and 27, and uh, that fell well short. You know, they were 32nd in scoring last year, and whatever the whatever the points were, less than 20, I think. 16.9, but, uh, less than 17. I think they like... can get, I still think, uh, 23. I'm not sure if they can average 24. Um, that's kind of the over and under for being a winning, you know, a, a, a playoff team is 24 points a game if you have a good defense. Uh, can he get to 24? Uh, you know, I, I, I think so. I think he'll get closer. Maybe it's 22, 23. But yeah, I, I think they're good at tight end. By the way, you know, I, I heard you go through everything there. Good at tight end, running back if Javante's healthy. Uh, I think they're really good there. Uh, Samaje and and Jaleel uh, really complement Javante well, providing Javante's Javante. The offensive line is a concern, and um, and receiver too. Pass protection with the offensive line. We haven't seen it yet. We didn't see it. We didn't see that first unit. Um, you know, they didn't have McGlinchey, so we'll see if, if he makes a big difference. Uh, but but I think pass protection with the offensive line is something we got to see starting right away with Max Crosby. Who they, you know, the Broncos haven't blocked in in three years. Let's see how they do in the opener there, because that'll be the big test. Yeah, Mike, um, this roster, I know it's been really a fluid situation over the last couple of days. Is it set yet uh, for the for the majority of it? Have have the Broncos put the guys on short-term IR that we're going to go on it? Is Mike Purcell's back on the active roster? What's the latest on the roster? They, it is set. Um, the, the Purcell was back. Quinn Bailey was back. Fabian Morrow, the cornerback, uh, is back uh, on the 53. And um, P.J. Locke uh, is on short-term IR, K1 Williams, and the rookie tackle, Alex uh, Pelcheski, um, must have broke his hand or something in that pre- I, I, He's got a oh. hand injury, oh. and it's four weeks. So that tells you that maybe he got a, uh, maybe a break in there somewhere. But um, that, that, those guys are on short-term IR. 
The only thing I'll say about the roster, you know, you might do a, um, uh, and I'm not sure if Sean Payton does this or not, um, but they got some veterans, vested vets, that you might bring back after week one so you don't have to guarantee their full salary for the full year. And a couple guys, uh, th- that would include uh, LaJordan Humphrey, and that would include Tyler Lancaster. Um, if, if they come back next week on the 53, that tells you that they really kind of made the 53, but they didn't want to guarantee their full salary for the whole year. Gotcha. So um, th- that's uh, to me, that's probably the only type of uh, moves that they could make. Otherwise, it's set. Mike, the Denver Broncos offense this year will average over or under 22.5 points. Boy, that is, is that what the, um, that's roughly where I'd put it. Um, so I'll say over, I'll say 23. <laughs> okay. And uh, that, that I, you know, I think it'll be a little less than 24. And uh, I mean, Sean Payton has, you know, he's been a, in points now, in points, in his 15 years, I believe he was top 10 nine times. Mm-hmm. So I know Drew Brees is in his quarterback, but, um, you know, Marcus Colson was a seventh-round draft pick. And uh, so I, he has a way of making receivers better. I, I do think uh, they're going to score better. Basically, guys, I'm not sure about this roster. I'm not sure this roster is a playoff roster, but I think they got a playoff coach. And I'm saying in, you know, whatever forecasting that I have to do is that the coach is going to give them a couple more wins than they deserve, than they should based on their talent. And so I think they got a chance at, uh, at 10 wins this year. All right, Mike, we appreciate your time. You did say 10, right? 10? You said 10. I did say ten, that. and, and Clip that, a playoff that. game that comes with a play a road playoff game. Oh. Uh, maybe even win it. Oh. All right, oh. all right, oh. all right. Oh. Oh. Well, Broncos are laying Mike. three and a half That's in the divisional dope. round. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, all right, Mike. I love it. Yeah, yep. Mike. Appreciate your time Thanks, as Mike. always. We hope you're right, man. We'll talk to you next week. See you guys. All right. There is uh, the incomparable, the hardworking, the Broncos insider from Nine News. That's Mike Kliss. Okay. Over the span of 30 years, that's a long time. Over the span of 30 years, have we officially hit rock bottom? I'll explain coming up next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Last night we let the liquor talk. I can't remember everything we said, but we said it all. Have we officially hit rock bottom? Rock bottom. It ain't over yet. No way it was. 30 years is a long time. That's a long time. You know who's been around for 30 years? You know who's been around for 30 years? The Colorado Rockies have been around for 30 years. Oh. And for the first time ever, they are on pace to lose one. Hundred games. Stoke, in the month of August that we are coming out of right now, last day of, of uh, August 2023 is today. Okay? Tomorrow is going to be September. They finished August 7-20. and 20. 
Seven wins, 20 losses. This is the seventh time ever the Rockies have had a 20-loss month. And up until this year, Stoke, it had not happened in a decade. And it's already happened twice this season because they were 7-20 and 20 in the month of April. They were just swept by the Braves. They're outscored 24-8 to eight in the series. And with just 29 games left, the Rockies have to win 14 to not lose 100. So they basically need to play 500 ball the rest of the way against some pretty good opponents. Yeah, and we know that's not going to happen. Um, I mean, is there, is there like, what's the percentage that that happens? That, 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 they, that they don't play 500 Oh, uh, 4% maybe? Right. I mean, really, really low uh, with what we, we've been watching here. So, uh, bummer. I, bummer. We're, we're huge Rockies fans. We, we talked a lot about the Rockies uh, a few years ago, and it was fun. And it was. Now, not talking about them, not really paying attention to them, not watching them on TV, you know, none of that anymore. It stinks, but I'm not going to watch it, like, put myself in misery to watch a bad product at night. So um, it's a bummer that they're at where they're at right now. And then you think about where they were three, four years ago when we were so excited yeah. about, um, you know, their future. So I, I don't I mean it's just – we probably spent too much time talking about them um, as it is right now. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. From from rock-solid information as recent as last week, there are people in that building who care deeply about never losing 100 games. Oh, okay. And, and you could say, well, that's what a loser's thing. It's like, no, no, there's people in the building who would really, really like to go 30 years avoiding that. Um, well, well, there's players. And you know, we got Will Peterson. But there's players on that team, Charlie Blackman, you know, guys like that, that they don't want to lose 100 damn games. No, you don't that's want that. Right, right, right. Um, 99 is fine, just not 100. Well, just not 100. Did you guys see Kyle Freeland when he got pulled last night? Uh, I was watching him hey, get shelled quite a bit. Disgusted with himself, yeah. Because the Braves, you know, hit two home runs. They and there did. was errors, and it was just one of those things. Yeah. I felt like, guys, you felt like you were watching the the Nuggets play the Hornets, right? Like the talent gap was just that the Braves may win the World Series, yeah. And the Rockies are fielding, with all due respect, some of these prospects are intriguing. Yeah, they are fielding a glorified Triple A team right now. Yeah, I mean that those guys, they all know each other. You know why? Because they all played in AAA together, and that's who's on the field at 20th and Blake right now. Wow. Uh, hey, uh, so Will Peterson, DenverSports.com with us. Uh, your thoughts about the wide receiver room for the Denver Broncos heading into a season that starts in just over a week? Uh, I, I, guys, I got to say, I think putting three healthy wide receivers on a 53-man roster is one of the more perplexing roster construction decisions I have ever seen. And I understand there's four of them on the practice squad, and they're going to promote one or two of them come week one, whether that's little Jordan Humphrey or Philip Dorsett or David Sills, whatever. But that is just, that feels borderline irresponsible to me to have three healthy wide receivers out of 53. You gave Russell Wilson a quarter of a billion dollars, and you are giving him no ingredients to cook with. And, oh, by the way, one of his best pass-catching tight ends, you just traded to move up one round in the draft in 2025. How can we're we're doing two different things well, here? Let's not let's not overhype Albert O here. Come on, let's who's not he gonna throw the ball to? Who's he gonna throw the ball? Huh? He has three healthy would wide you, receivers. Would you rather so? throw the no? But I'm talking about tight end position. Like Albert O wasn't gonna play if he was on the team. Uh, uh, would I would rather throw the ball with to Albert tight O. Sets with Albert O and Greg Dulcich. Uh, no, no, don't don't go down that road. Would you rather <laughs> Would you rather throw the the ball to Albert O or or Greg Dulcich? 
Dulcich. Right. So, I mean, like, he wasn't going to see the field. And, that's, and that's I, not, I mean, he's okay. been there, for, Will, going on four years. What has he done? I'm not a James Marilat truther like Alberto. Okay, so okay. I don't want to go Thank down you. that road either. Right. But I'm just pointing out, sure. when you only give him three healthy wide receivers on the 53-man roster, you would think you would give him three pass-catching tight ends. He well, has I, two. I think in this situation. Maybe one and a half. You know, you, you are doing the roster roulette thing, right? You're trying to make sure that you can keep Paul Chesky. Yes, um, the offensive and, and, tackle. And that you don't have to cut him, and then someone's going to scoop him up, that you can actually keep him because he's hurt, and you're going to have to put him on the short-term or hour. So some of that stuff, you're looking at who they had receiver-wise, and I didn't I didn't think they were going to try to keep Marquez Calloway. But you want you want Lil, Lil Jordan will be part of the receiver room. So you'll have at least four healthy receivers playing. Now, are they upper echelon receivers? That We can debate that. And I'm still not sold that Judy is not playing week one. Now, He's we'll not. see. Stoke, Stoke, you stop saying, saying you that. Got, you said you were getting the St- teardrop. If Jerry Judy plays week one, it's terrible news for the Broncos because he's going to get re-hurt, and you're not going to see him until after the bye. You're on the, on, the, on the bottom of the, of the back <laughs> the, there. The, the back of my arms, like my like triceps, like the yes. JJ. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, what? But you make this roster roulette point. If we were having this conversation 24 hours ago, 48 hours ago, I'd agree with you. The 70 is set. They have a 53. They have a 17-man. We are through that window. And I think Broncos fans are still trying to talk themselves into, ah, there's something big coming. I got bad news. There's nothing big coming. This is the squad. And the squad has three healthy wide receivers on it. And but but you can bring up Humphreys here from the practice squad. They like Cliss just said. They don't want to guarantee his contract. For the year, which which is a smart smart thing to do, and so they'll they'll have four healthy receivers for the first game. You think the undrafted outside linebacker is more valuable than a fourth wide receiver? I can't remember the kid's name because he didn't make any plays. And well, oh. Comb, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, but don't but be disrespectful. Don't be rude. Yeah, we try not to be rude on this Name show. me the we're, preseason we're, play he made. Will, why are you so mean? How did he make the 53? Like, I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> I don't Maybe he did something in practice. Oh, okay. Uh, you know what did something uh, in practice? Taylor Grimes. And they told him he wasn't even one of their 70 best so, players. But, but the thing is, like, if you cut that guy, someone's going to scoop him up. Like, no one's scooping up little jars. They had it's zero okay. claimed. So we, okay. we know they had zero claimed, right? That's right. They did. You're right. You, you don't think Nate and, Atkins could have slipped through? I don't think anyone was clamoring knocking down the Nate Atkins I door. I don't know. I don't know. I would have kept another receiver over four undrafted free agents <laughs> outside of Jaleel. Jaleel's the but, one but you so, had to keep. Right, but so, like, like which one are you going to keep? Lil Jordan? You still have him. You're not keeping Callaway. You you didn't want him. You know what? I don't love that you Montreal Washington plays for the Chiefs and Marcus no, Callaway plays for the Raiders. Listen, well, I, I don't I, love I, either. I'm of not those. concerned about Callaway. I'm not. Montreal. You did not. I am. I we talk, I, I I'm I'm not going to say very concerned by it. But, Deeply. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I am. I'm with you. I'm concerned I don't love by him. that. I mean, he's not going to give away state secrets or anything. But like he could he could be making plays against the Broncos this year. Right. And like third down and eight. Oh. Who caught that first down? Montrell. Right. It also confirms what we knew about the power structure in that building. George Payton has zero pull. Zero. He drafted that guy in the fifth round last year, and he can't even get him a second season on this roster? While he was making plays in camp. It, 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 it does. It, 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 it's interesting. Who, who does George Payton work for come February? Mm. Uh, I, look, Will, you're... you're uh, yeah. I've you been, and Zach are... I've said more than anyone on the station for a long time now. 
this is the last year for George Payton. It's a, he doesn't need to be a yes. Sean Payton can hire his guy to be a yes man. He doesn't need a yes man that's not his guy. So we're, we're on the same page there. Um, well, I know you guys love a fall guy. This season goes wrong. You know his number one fall guy? George, followed closely by Russ. Those are your two fall guys if this season goes off the rails. I agree with you on both counts. Both counts. Will Peterson, DenverSports.com with us. Uh, I think George is in front of uh, Russell? His contract's a little easier to get out of. Yeah, but but if both of them go, both of them might have to go. Yeah. There'd be two fall guys? Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay. Save one for the following year. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would be the smart thing to do. That's what I would do. We're here at Slattery's Pub and Grill. Don't get rid of both of them the same year. (laughs) Right. Spread it out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If y'all got a crew, make sure you got to have a fall guy in the crew. Dang it. Uh, Button. According to Chris Carter. If you wasn't sleeping back there, we could have it. Um, Hey, uh, so I have something going on tomorrow. I'm not going to be here. That means the weekend comes a little bit early. In the form of ZB's treasure trove of trivia Mm. with Will Peterson and Brandon Stokely coming up next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Trivia. On a Thursday. On a Thursday. The weekend comes a little bit early. I'll tell you what, like sitting here at Slattery's Pub and Grill. It, like it, 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 that, that weekend just sneaks up on you. It's it got, does feel like a Friday. It does. It does the sun's out? Beautiful day uh, in the Centennial State. Um, Stoke, you know why they they call it the Centennial State? I do, but I don't want to get into that. Let's talk. Let's let's, let's just focus on that. Yes, <laughs> I do. Ken Denver's own Will Peterson. DenverSports.com. Do you know why they call it the Centennial State? I do. Go well, ahead and share. There's something some about 100 or something. <laughs> <laughs> about 100. Yeah, it was, uh, it was made official estate in uh, 1876, 100 years after uh, the start of our country in 1776. See? I was 100 years right later. Right on it. Um, speaking of 100 I years later. I'm ready to do trivia. We always go long. We need to hurry up and get to trivia. Uh, speaking of 100 years later, that's how uh, far it feels back, like when football was still being played. But it's back, okay? And Slattery's Pub and Grill is your neighborhood sports bar uh, in the Tech Center Every game, get here for opening weekend of college football this weekend. It's going to be crazy. Um, and then when the pro games start on Sunday, they open at 1030 every Sunday, brunch till 2. Uh, just a great spot to watch a game. Okay, um, I am going to be unavailable tomorrow, which means the weekend comes early, which means hour number three on a Friday is now hour number three today, and that could only mean one thing. I go into my treasure trove of trivia and say... Kistner, hit the music. All right. Little, little, little warm-up question. 50-50 question. Okay. 50-50 question. Who is currently the oldest coach in the NFL? Oh. Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll? I knew those were going to be the two options. I think it's, um, this, we'll discuss this out. Yeah. Because we're partners. I think it's Pete Carroll. I think it's Pete, too. Okay, there you go. That's our answer. Because Pete, you always hear Pete's like, ah, he's 72 and he's throwing the football around or whatever. I think Bill's like 69 or something. We're going Pete. They are both 71 years old. Oh, wow. But by about six months, it is Petey Carroll. Oh, Oh. knew it. Knew it. All right. All right. Question number two. This is a little bit wordy, okay? So just, just, just bear with me, okay? Just a little bit. Nothing crazy. All right. 
There's three players on the top ten all-time sack list who played for only one team in their career. Okay? Three players on the top ten all-time sack list who only played for one team in their career. So here's an example of who it's not. Bruce Smith is number one, right? Yeah. My Uncle Bruce. Uh, he played for uh, uh, Washington after Buffalo. Right. Right? So he, he doesn't count because he played for multiple teams. There's three guys in the top ten all-time sack list who only played for one team in their career. Jack Youngblood is one. Oh, wow. Who only played for the Rams. Okay. We know it's not Reggie White. There's two other guys on the list, and they both played for the same team. Kyle, I was thinking Lawrence Taylor for some reason, right, with the Giants. Yeah, and then Michael Strahan. Gave him a freebie. Uh, yeah, but if you think Lawrence Taylor, I had Michael Stray, and that's oh. two New York Giants. I mean, do you want to talk about any other guys that could possibly be uh, on that list? I don't really. I, I mean, when he told us any. two from the same team, that right. really narrowed it. Let's go with it. That is a correct answer. New York Giants, Lawrence Taylor and Michael Stray. Wow. wow. Look at us. All right. We haven't even had to deliberate much watch today. Us. Watch us. Here's, here's question number three. This is a who am I question. All right, so I give you the details about a human being without telling you their name. Pablo. Who am I? I'm a quarterback. And by the way, uh, I should have said this at the start. Please do not call out the answers. Just because an answer is obvious to you doesn't mean it's obvious to the next person. It's going back I to only do that when days. I get upset. Only, only do that when I get upset. But you're upset like half the time. Who am I? <laughs> I'm a quarterback. Who won a national championship in college? I also won the Heisman Trophy in 1986. I was picked number one overall in the NFL draft. And I retired with more passing yards than Troy Aikman, Jim Kelly, Joe Montana, or Steve Young. Hey. Wow. So it's not one of those four. Let me, wow. let, me, let me give it to you again. Who am I? I am a quarterback who won a national championship in college. I won the Heisman Trophy in 1986. I was the number one overall pick in the NFL draft by, uh, I'm not going to tell you the name, uh, number one overall pick in the NFL draft. And I retired with more passing yards than Troy Aikman, Jim Kelly, Joe Montana and Steve Young. So it's okay. a quarterback, well, major success, Heisman, yeah. national championship, number one pick in the draft. I'm not as good as you are at who won a Heisman and who won number one. Yeah. So I'm I may say a that. name and you may say, dude, no, didn't no, win that's a Heisman. Right. Dude didn't go no, number one. Yeah. No, dude, we're, we're, look, we're about. You talk through it. Yeah, we're, we're talking. I know, it. but I don't want the guy driving down the road to be like, he was picked in the fourth round. That's no, okay. Will. We're, we're not worried about yeah, the guy driving down the road. We're mortals. We're mortals, man. What? Okay, I'm just gonna throw a name. Yes. You can laugh. Okay. What about Warren Moon? Okay. Um, I'm not laughing. Why would I laugh? I don't know. Uh, didn't he went to like the Canadian League to start with? Um, he, he didn't start in the NFL. I I'm just thinking it. of like sneaky underrated right, no. quarterbacks. I, thought, I was thinking like Jim Plunkett right away. You know, but I think he was before '86. Uh, but you know, Stanford, a lot of success. Um, I don't know if he was the number one pick. Like, uh, I, I just it feels to... ancient to me. Yeah, I, I think, think it was... feels like it would have been in the 70s. Okay, yeah. But I, that's, what, that's what we do here. Yeah, that's what we do. No no questions, a bad question. We no, got a little no cocky after the first answers, two. a bad answer. 
Uh, oh, man. Who, so it's what? Montana, Young, Aikman, and who's the fourth? Uh, uh, he threw more passes. Let me just reset the question because people are driving around. I'm a quarterback who won a national championship in college. I won the Heisman Trophy in 1986. I was the number one pick in the NFL draft. And I retired with more passing yards than Troy Aikman, Jim Kelly, Joe Montana, and Steve Young. He is a top 20 passer of all time. Um, I mean, it's got to be a household name. You don't you don't make a list like that unless, right. unless you're... Unless it's a Jim Plunkett, you know, somebody like that. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I think I think Plunkett was more like 70s, uh, not mid-80s. But you got to think of like, um, so this guy has, well, what, what quarterback has thrown for a lot of passing yards that was drafted right in the mid-80s that had success in the NFL? What teams yeah. had success? You know, I mean, what? I mean, you look the at Steelers, the Cowboys. The Cowboys, right, the Packers. Steelers, the Packers, I mean. Uh, Brett Favre, that's no, before he, him. Yeah, right. He wasn't a number one overall pick. No. Uh, this guy, and he didn't win the Heisman out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He didn't give a Heisman to anybody from Southern Miss. Felt good. Man, if you, if, if you want to go with Plunkett, I won't say no because I haven't offered you a better name yet. Yeah, just all right. Something mixing some clues. Okay, okay. Uh, Jim Plunkett was definitely before then. Okay, so Warren Moon, you're spot on. He he started his career in the CFL and won uh, several Grey Cups. He's actually here's another spinoff trivia question. Warren Moon's the only player that is in the CF uh, of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, this guy was the number one overall pick and was selected by the Buccaneers. Okay, he went to two Pro Bowls. But that was later in his career in the later 1990s. So he's a quarterback who won a national championship in college. He won a Heisman Trophy in 1986. Number one pick in the draft to the Buccaneers. Two-time Pro Bowler later in my career. And I retired as a top 20 passer in NFL history. More yards than Troy Aikman, Jim Kelly, Joe Montana, and Steve How's a top 20 passer only a two-time Pro Bowler? Man, this is a good one, Zach. Yeah, this is great. Gotta double check his his uh, his facts, though. But uh, this is like our uh, Jim, ironclad. This is like our Jim Tomey last week. Remember, right? When he only made five All Star games. Yeah. We're about to say a household name only made two Pro Bowls. Right. Peyton Manning rolled out of bed and made fifteen Pro Bowls. Yeah, that's why it's got to be like a, um, you know, that type of Jim Plunkett, a guy that played a long time, didn't do anything, you know, special, special in the yeah, NFL. Like Terry Bradshaw. But, and it sounded like the, the later part of his career was better. And it's, it wasn't with the Bucks, obviously, because he didn't want a Super Bowl with the Bucks, right? It wasn't, it's not Brad Johnson. Um, I'm trying to think of like some schools like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you sure it's not Brad Johnson? That's an interesting name you just threw out there. He wasn't a number one overall pick, was he? he and he, no, he, he played in the, like, 2000s. I don't want to lay up here. Let's, right. let's just, uh, it's going long here, but you know, let's think of some really good um, colleges that he could have played at. You know, like Texas, you, you, USC, any quarterbacks there in the mid 80s? USC, UCLA, Stanford, um, what, Florida, Florida State. Who replaced John at Stanford? Uh, I think that was probably like, I don't know. Um, but Tampa Bay, who who started? The, who was the number one pick by Tampa Bay in '86? Yeah, this is. I mean, it's not Trent Dilfer. He didn't win a Heisman. Um, he yeah, give, the, give us the school. Yeah, uh, uh, Miami. So now let me. Re- so <laughs> like right where I was going, like to the Florida, Florida yeah. State, Miami. Yes. Uh, I'm a quarterback who won a national championship at Miami. I won the Heisman Trophy in 1986. 
I'm the number one pick in the NFL draft by the Bucks. I made two Pro Bowls later in my career and retired with more passing yards than Troy Aikman. I mean, it's not Jim Kelly. Right? No, I mean, more, more passing yards than Jim Kelly. Okay. So okay. same school. It's not Gino Toretta. Um, <laughs> it's not, um, you know, Ken Darcy. Um, you said this guy, uh, he won the Heisman, and he, did he win a Super Bowl too, you said? No, I didn't, I oh, you didn't, didn't say, say that. that. I just keep I keep bringing that in there. Two-time uh, Pro Bowler. Two-time Pro Bowler. I mean, who played at Miami that threw for that many yards? Um I gotta tell you, yeah, I'm tapping. Yeah, yeah, it's, tapping. it's long enough. It's a great man. question. It's long yeah. enough. This quarterback, Vinny Testaverde. You got it. Oh, oh, no, Quarterback who won a national championship in college at Miami, won the Heisman Trophy in 86, number one pick in the draft to the Bucs, two-time Pro Bowler with the Jets, and retired as a top 20 wow. passer of all time is Vinny Testaverde. Wow. Great job. That was wow. a great question. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, we are going to wow. finish things up here at Slattery's Pub and Grill in the Denver Tech Center, one of our favorite places to be. Uh, we're here for one more segment. Do you think I can go early because of that? Uh, right, uh, you go. have earned the I extra have. credit. Yes. You can leave oh, early. Goodness. Early dismissal. <sighs> early dismissal. Uh, the football seal officially gets broken tonight. What are we expecting to see later this evening and this weekend from Coach Prime's Buff? That's coming up next. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. Happy Thursday to you. Walking you right up to the drive. We... We legitimately let Stokely leave early for nailing that uh, Vinny Testaverde trivia question. God, this has been, has been so fun. Yeah, you kept your stray puppy for the last segment. <laughs> or did I get upgraded from stray puppy to... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I got a bath now. Yes, nice yes, food. Yeah. yes, yeah. yes. We got the collar on you. Not quite like one of those microchips, so if you run away, <laughs> it's all good. Um, but Will Peterson from DenverSports.com with us for one more segment. You actually had a trivia question for me. I did. Kissner, do you have the music here? Andy, because I, I I don't want to be uh, yep I, I don't want to be uh, I don't want to be rude to Will and not give him that uh, the ambiance of the old uh, who wants to be a millionaire question. So go ahead, Kistner, hit the stinking music. All right, so I had one for Stoke too about the very first game of the Peyton Manning era. Oh my god! They gosh. played the Steelers. Oh my god! I'm gonna save that for next week though because okay. it's his teammate I'm looking for, and it's so obscure. That you'd have to be in the locker room to remember this dude's name. <laughs> okay, so, okay. I'll give him that next week. Um, but I've got one for you. All right. Nikola Jokic was drafted 41st overall in the 2014 NBA draft. Who went number 39 out of Syracuse? And I will give you a couple of clues. He's a household name who was supposed to be a part of the Denver Nuggets future. He had a massive year for the Nuggets. And we were all convinced he was here for the long haul. He left. He left on his own accord? He did. 
Oh, my God. At the time, it was a gut punch, Zach, because pairing him with Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray was the wave of the future. Oh, my gosh. So this is the 2014 NBA draft. He went number 39 overall out of Syracuse. Correct. Oh, my gosh. He played for the Denver Nuggets, and this city was hyped about him. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I mean, so so first of all, so first of all, there's a awesome chance that I def- called one of his games in the Carrier Dome because Albany, at the time, used to be the voice of those guys. They play Syracuse uh, pretty annually in a tip-off tournament there in the Carrier Dome. 2014, but he was a second-round pick. He's had a very, very solid NBA career, and he is a very rich man. Very solid NBA career and very rich man out of Syracuse. Holy moly, I am drawn. Because I'm thinking of guys from Syracuse at the time that... Focus more on the Nuggets part. Okay. This was recent, Zach. This was recent. And this dude wanted the bag more than he wanted a trophy. Wow, reminds me of Bones Highland. Um... You want me to narrow it just a hair for you? Yeah, please. I'm struggling here. When we were all locked in our houses, you were amped about this guy in the bubble. He killed it in the bubble. Western Conference Finals, Denver Nuggets. And then he took the bag so he could go be the guy for one of the worst teams in the NBA. Jeremy Grant. There you go. Wow, he was a second-round pick? Mm-hmm. Oh, well my done. God. You got there. Oh, you kind of had to walk me up to it, but I forgot Jeremy Grant played at Syracuse. Gosh. And it just goes to show you that he he was not dominant at Syracuse for his size and athleticism to not go till pick number 39. Um, it's uh, okay. That's two, a- two before the Joker. Wow. And it's interesting because obviously the Nuggets have won a title, so it's all gravy. But remember, we were all amped about Jeremy Grant. We were all very excited about Jeremy I know, I was, he was a Grant. great fit because he did not need the basketball to be successful. And he was great on two things. Uh, um, catch and shoot from the corner three and dump off passes for athletic finishes. Um, and he and he fit so well. And it was such a shame that, that he took almost identical money with the Detroit Pistons. Yep. Denver was willing to overpay him. It wasn't just about the bag. It was the role. And he wanted to go be an all-star and take 20 shots a night, and he did both of those things, and then he got traded to Portland. And can I tell you one more butterfly effect from that, why it worked out? The Denver Nuggets never get Aaron Gordon if Jeremy Grant leaves. A thousand percent. That was the adjustment, was Jeremy left, and the next year they traded Gary Harris. Yes. Uh, and the kid with and, potential. Yes, and there's Orlando. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh, and this is why it was so embarrassing, because when Orlando came back to play the Nuggets, they gave him a partial video tribute, Ooh, and he awkward. played like 22 games for the Denver Nuggets. And now R.J. Hampton. R.J. Hampton. There you go. He was the future, right? Uh, <laughs> but but so it did work out with Grant in the end. It did because it, Aaron Gordon's a better player than Jeremy Grant, and, it, and Aaron Gordon was more important to the glue of this unit to win a title. Yep, he was more of a uh, for 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 filling the footprint of the bat on court basketball. He's even a better. Aaron Gordon's an even better fit from a cultural and human standpoint with his team, as you see for two summers in a row now, linking up with uh, the Joker. Um, okay. Now, Mike Evans texted me. He, uh, Mike, Mike went chime in. Jeremy Grant, he was on it. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about this weekend uh, tonight. I mean, we got the Florida Gators uh, at 
the Utah Utes, who are a 14th ranked team in the country. It'll be the first look at Matt Rule's Nebraska team, who will be coming into Boulder. They're playing uh, in Minneapolis against the Gophers of Minnesota. Will you be locked into college football tonight, Will? Yeah, I mean, my Missouri Tigers are playing some Dakota school or South something. South Dakota they are. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take a look at that. But Florida-Utah is really interesting to me. Because it's going to give us gauge on the Pac-12. Yep. And the Pac-12 is what we care about with Coach Prime and the Buffs. And Utah is one of those teams, they lose every big game they play. I have a buddy who's a huge Utah fan, and every time Utah's playing a big game, he's cussing up a storm on Twitter because they're choking. So Florida's going to beat them tonight, and that's not a, that's not a, well. that's not a Swamp Kings bias. That's an SEC bias. <laughs> Florida will take care of them tonight. So that's the, the game of the night, but don't we also get a look at Nebraska tonight, Zach? Yeah, we get a look at Nebraska who's playing Minnesota. That's another I mean I that's mean, week two. So there's like there's almost some scouting you can do tonight for for Buffs opponents down the road and, and trying to find them four wins. Yeah. Um I I'm gonna give you a minor pushback on Utah it loses all all big games. Uh because they had an awesome season a year ago and won the championship. All right. They beat USC not once but twice. All right, so just a little, you know, yeah, tell but another they side lost of the story. One, like the week before that knocked them out of the playoff conversation. They lost against number 12 Oregon. They lost against See? number 12 Oregon. Yeah, they did. Uh, tell me the last time the Utes won a national title. Uh, all right, here's a Utes trivia question oh, for gosh, you. It's not going to be my strength. In 2004, Alex Smith. Number one pick in the NFL draft, yeah. Alex Smith. Who was the number one pick in the NBA draft? Oh, it was. Uh, it wasn't. Barniani? No, out of Utah. Utah had the number one pick. Oh, it's Andrew Bogut. Andrew, there you yeah, go. There yeah. you go. There you I go. had the initials right. Andre Barniani. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bogut. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about CU this weekend? I mean, how how well, how do you view CU? I mean, I'm get, I'm taking their season under uh, under three and a half. I'm being called a, a doubter, a hater, getting laughed at on Twitter for a second straight year for going under CU. I think that they're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to win more games than they did a year ago. I just don't believe they're going to get that fourth win. Where do you stand with Coach Prime's group? You know, it's interesting because I can picture that score bug on Saturday in the fourth quarter saying two different things. And I don't know which one it's going to be, but I can picture it saying 28-27 Colorado, and we're going. They're about to beat TCU, and the Prime hype train is going to be out of control. Oh, my gosh. Or, Zach, I have visions, and I'm not trying to be a buzzkill. I can see that score bug saying 51-3. to and we're all sitting there in the fourth quarter going, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. Is there ever been a more fork-in-the-road type game? And I'm not saying they have to win it, but they have to be competitive this weekend. Yeah, I think so, too. Or the national media will jump. The local will stay on, and people will still be excited. But it's a fork in the road because it truly is an unknown. It is the most unknown sports thing we've had in this town in how long? Because I can sit here with a straight face and tell you, I can see 28-27 CU, and I can see 51-3 TCU. And I don't know which one it's going to be, but that shows you how. I heard you guys talking to Brian Howell. That sort of shows you how little we know about this team. Yeah, I mean, you, you do 88 new players. Like, how, how could you, you know, with real conviction forecast the group? That, that, that's why, like, I'm not sitting here slamming the table saying under, but I also laugh at people who are slamming the table over. Like, we have no idea. We don't – offensive and defensive line, like, we truly don't know. Um, here's what I do know is that Slattery's Pub and Grill is a fantastic neighborhood sports bar here in the Tech Center. They have a great new television setup, a great menu. They're going to they're gonna have your back all opening weekend to college football. And then when we turn to page next weekend to the pro side, they open up every Sunday at 1030. Uh, they still serve brunch until 2 p.m., 
Um, and with all the college and pro games and 24 beers on tap, Slattery's Pub and Grill is the place to be in the DTC. Check them out at slatterypubandgrill.com. Will, always appreciate the company, man. Appreciate you, Zach. All right, we got D-Mac and the drive back in studio. Fellas, you hear me? I gotcha. Um, describe to me what you thought when you saw the highlights of that Nebraska volleyball game last night. Uh, or whatever that was. What was it? Two nights ago? Last no, last night. night. Yeah, last, last night. night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ninety-two thousand. You, you know what? You know what I thought. I wish that every college athlete could have one type of moment like that, just for one night. You know, just for one night, just to see how it feels. I mean, it, it's so re- that happens every single Saturday night during the fall for football. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, but but I think it's cool that for one night, it's almost like um, the Olympics. Like, I have no interest in watching the guys swim back and forth in the pool. But every four years, when someone's wearing that, you know, USA singlet, there I am rooting like crazy for them. Same thing with Christmas music. I have no interest in listening to Christmas music. But mm-hmm. one month a year, I get into it. I could do the same thing with almost any college sport in a one-off environment like that and just go all in. Um, the only thing that was missing was a spread, DMAC. <laughs> what, what, what would you uh, would you have favored Nebraska over Omaha? Zach? Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd Omaha? hammer the home team. That's right. Yeah, hammer the yep, home yep. team. They In that uncomfortable court. environment, bet whoever's at home with the crowd at their back. Hey, I got one more for you because Dion, man, I cannot tell you how big of a fan I am of Prime right now. Do you know what he did recently? I mean, amongst a million things. He promised that if we make enough money, we're going to bring baseball to see you. He said it. He said it. A coach of another team talked about bringing a sport back to the school that hasn't been there forever, and, of course, he's a baseball player too. Mm-hmm. But how freaking cool is that, Zach? I mean, are you kidding me? Really cool, I man. mean, just to make sort of like, here's what I'm going to do, and I'm also, because of this, we're going to do that. And I'm just like, man, it's like saying baseball back to CU, you know, for a while, uh, Zach, they were the uh, the Pac-11 in baseball. And for baseball, the Pac-12 is a serious conference, not like everything else that's going on with with other sports, obviously, and it's going away. But for baseball, it's always been great. Coach Prime, man, I am such a fan. You were getting some negative Nelly sort of vibe on the text line, Zach, for your rear. But I, I, I was supporting you. I know I know you know your stuff. Uh, with, with with betting CU under? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, and, and, and it's it, this is just like the Broncos, right? Like, you know, people hear what they want to hear. I, I, I bookend almost every conversation with CU saying, Dion was the right hire. The program is going to win more games than they won last year. The program is going in the right direction. But for the specific conversation, can you find a fourth win? I personally cannot. It doesn't mean that they won't get there, but I'm asked to pick an over-under, DMAC. And I'm not going to force feed and over when I don't see it. I've taken a, a close look at the program, a very close look at the schedule. I can find up to three wins. I have to start overextending myself for the fourth win. That's all. I mean, if you go two two game improvement for three straight years, CU is going to be off to the races. So, um, not a hater. In fact, how many people on the fan staff have gone to a game up in Boulder every year for the last seven years? That's me. I'm a, I love it. Wow. I love it. You calling out the staffers here? Who are you calling out there? Everyone. Everyone? I'm the one that goes up there every year. I love it. <laughs> I go to the games every single year. And um, some of my best friends in the state, much like you, DMAC, are CU grads. But um, I, I got an obligation to be real to myself and then secondarily to the audience. And I can't find a fourth win. That's all I'm saying. Well, hold on, Zach. You know I'm not a CU grad. No. 
No, no, I said I said much like you, and uh, we have friends friends. friends around Colorado that are CU grads. Well, I can't believe I didn't know Jeremy Grant, man. That's that's embarrassing. Oh, that's bad on me. I stumped you, too, on that? You so only me, Mike well, Evans got it. He's having a good day. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's how Mike rolls. All right, guys, who's going to win, Florida or Utah tonight? I know you already said it, but give me a good to this one more time. Utah. SEC, baby. Give me the Gator. Is <laughs> Noshan there yet? Can we Noshan's here. Talking, can we finish talking about Swamp Kings? Uh, oh, I don't got know. Made the villain? Did you, uh, did you catch up on it, Noshan? You know what? I was this close. I was this close to clicking on it, and I thought about you. He's like, he wants me to watch it. I just Next felt time. bad for you because Brandon Spike says, uh, you know, he was putting your picture in the bathroom and doing, like, crazy stuff. I know. Hey. Hey, hey, hey no, said, Sean. He, he, he thanks me. If you're in someone's head that much, that's an uppercase W. That's what I'm wait saying. A second, wait a second. Was he doing crazy stuff or bathroom stuff? Uh, I'm not going to use the word on the radio, but, yeah, he was doing crazy stuff. He also said he thought about Noshan when he brushed his teeth. So That's, a yeah, that's what I do to them, Zach. You feel me? Hey, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. All right, well, college football tonight. And, fellas, Slattery, save a pint for me on the at, at the bar there, one of my favorite joints there. And uh, right there at the landmark, man, I know it. It's awesome. I love Slattery's. And it only got better. They they put a bunch of new TVs in here, and it's it's just a great place to watch a game. So oh. we appreciate those guys hosting us today. Totally agree. All right, boys, we'll talk to you later. All appreciate right, see you guys. It. All right.